You are listening to CGSW on 90.9 FM in Calgary on Treaty 7 territory. Today, we'll be discussing the life and career of Alberta's own Peter Lougheed. Good evening. Coming to you on the 30th day of August, the results of a 1971 Alberta election are official. In a historic turn of events, the progressive conservatives, led by Peter Lougheed, have claimed victory, ending the 36-year rule of the Social Credit Party. Mr. Lougheed's charisma and the Now campaign has won over voters, promising to fill the void that was left by what he sees as a burnt-out Social Credit Party. This may be the beginning of a new chapter in Alberta politics. Many people who either lived in Alberta between 1971 to 1985, or new family members that did, recognize the legacy that Peter Lougheed left. He was mourned across the province when he passed away in 2012. I personally remember his picture taking up the entire front page of the Calgary Herald when they paid tribute to him. Peter Lougheed remains not just a towering figure in Alberta politics, but within all of Canadian history. In many respects, the history of Alberta politics can be divided by the era before Lougheed and the era afterwards. Simply put, Alberta would never be quite the same. Now you could argue that Lougheed's leadership benefited from good timing. After all, Alberta was realizing the economic potential of the fossil fuel industry in the years following World War II. But being experienced with business and law, it was Lougheed's skillful political navigation that not only allowed Albertans to reap the benefits of a booming industry, but also ensure that these economic benefits continue in the long term. In addition, he established the long-lasting reign of the Progressive Conservatives that remained undefeated from 1971 all the way until 2015, when Rachel Notley won the provincial election as leader of the New Democratic Party. Under Lougheed's leadership, Alberta underwent significant transformation and emerged as an economic and political force within Canada. On historical figures, icons, and others, we'll discuss the life and political career of Peter Lougheed and how his legacy shaped, and continues to shape, our fine province of Alberta. Peter Lougheed was born on July 26, 1928, in Calgary, Alberta, into a distinguished family. As Canadian Encyclopedia mentions, his grandfather, James Lougheed, was not only the only Albertan to be knighted and the first Conservative to serve in a federal cabinet, but he was also vital in establishing Alberta as a province in 1905. Peter attended the University of Alberta, where he received his Bachelor of Arts in 1951 and Bachelor of Law degrees in 1952. That same year, he married Jeanne Rogers. According to Canadian Encyclopedia, Lougheed was also an accomplished football player, playing with the university team, and even had a brief stint with the Edmonton Eskimos. Later, 
He graduated from Harvard University with an MBA in 1954. Alan Tupper, writing in the book Alberta Premiers of the 20th Century, notes that law he'd believe in pursuing many career interests and be well-rounded rather than specialize in one path. For this reason, he pursued areas of business, law, and government. After leaving Harvard, Tupper mentions that Lougheed worked for the construction firm Mannix Corporation. Like many aspiring politicians then and now, Lougheed also went on to practice law after a stint with Mannix. Of course, it was inevitable that Lougheed himself would join the political game with his family ties. Tupper mentions that he could have run as a member of parliament, but since most Alberta MPs were conservative, who were the opposition party, Lougheed would have been a backbencher. This seemed boring to him, so he turned his attention to provincial politics. Before we continue, let's rewind for a bit. The date is August 22nd, 1935. The Social Credit Party, under the leadership of Mr. William Aberhart, has won the 1935 election in a landslide, under the promise to address the ongoing economic depression. The party has built itself upon economic ideas of British engineer Major C.H. Douglas, an advocate for the system of monetary reform known as social credit. According to Canadian Encyclopedia, Douglas blamed the depression on the inefficient capitalist economy that did not provide people enough purchasing power, limiting them from enjoying a wide variety of goods and services. He advocated the distribution of money, otherwise known as social credit, that would provide enough income to reverse this problem. The election victory of the Alberta Social Credit Party in 1935 began a dynasty that lasted for over three decades. Following Eberhard's death in 1943, Ernest Manning stepped in as party leader and premier. The party's popularity began to diminish by the late 1960s. Albertans were ready for a change in the political landscape. This is where Lougheed stepped in. In 1965, Lougheed became the leader of the Progressive Conservative Party of Alberta. Canadian Encyclopedia mentions that a successful political career with the PCs initially seemed far-fetched, given that they didn't hold a single seat in the provincial legislature. But as Phil Fraser explains in his book, Alberta's Camelot, Lougheed was always a realist and believed the party would be the ideal platform for him to become premier. Fortunately, Lougheed managed to lead the PCs into becoming the official opposition in the 1967 election. The Centennial series explains that by the time the 1971 election rolled around, Lougheed had a charisma that resonated with voters, and the PCs marketed themselves as, quote, youthful, urban, dynamic, and modern. The highly effective Now campaign saw Lougheed make various television appearances and individually greet voters door-to-door -door across the province. As Tupper mentions, 
Lougheed sensed the social credit party's diminishing relevance within Alberta, believing its rural, small-town appeal was out of step with a province that was becoming increasingly urbanized. In addition, he felt more could be done to address the federal-provincial relations that would strengthen Alberta's stature within Canada. For this reason, the PCs swept the 1971 election, winning 49 of the legislature's 75 seats. This was the first of four terms that Lougheed and his party would win, increasing their popular vote and majority in subsequent elections. The new Lougheed government hit the ground running at the first session of the legislature in 1972. As Alberta Views mentions, some orders of business include the adoption of the Alberta Bill of Rights, which outlined how Supreme Court decisions regarding human rights applied to Alberta, the Sexual Sterilization Repeal Act, which reversed Alberta's practice of eugenics, and the Workers' Compensation Act was also updated, among other measures. The Centennial Series notes that as Premier, Lougheed sought to allow government businesses to be readily available to the public. His administration oversaw the decision that allowed the proceedings of the Legislative Assembly to be broadcast on both radio and television. In many respects, Lougheed lived up to his party's label as progressive conservative. Although fully supportive of private enterprise, he was quite progressive when it came to social policy. Contrary to the usual conservative views on the economy, traditionally a more hands-off approach, Lougheed was actually the opposite. As Tupper explains, Lougheed believed that a greater government role in everyday life would solidify Alberta's stature in Canada as an economic powerhouse, as well as form strong bonds between Albertans and their government. One such project that required economic intervention was the Syncrude project. As the Edmonton Journal mentions, this was necessary due to the project's scope. After all, it was a consortium of four major oil companies, being Imperial Oil, Atlantic Richfield of Canada, Canada Cities Service and Gulf Oil Canada. But we'll get back to this in a bit. Interestingly enough, Lougheed himself actually reinforced the idea of nonpartisanship, or the idea of running government that could appeal to Alberns from all walks of life, regardless of their political leanings. Tupper explains that Lougheed recruited individuals into his cabinet that were not intent on becoming what he described as professional politicians. Instead, he believed in recruiting people that truly had experience and understood their respective roles within the cabinet, whether it be education, and so on. He rarely publicly acknowledged the positions of rival political opponents, instead concerning himself with public interest. Tupper mentions that Lougheed likely disagreed with Premier Ralph Klein's work on reducing the role of the provincial government when he served as Premier from 1993 to 2006. Okay, back to the Syncru project. The project saw $1 billion being invested 
into the development of the Athabasca oil sands complex. Announced by Lougheed in September 1973, it was the largest industrial facility built in Alberta at the time. Edmonton Journal reports that the plant was the largest single project in Alberta's history, creating 1,600 permanent jobs, about 8,000 indirect jobs, and another 3,000 during its construction phase. Alberta Views mentions Lougheed also oversaw the establishment of the Alberta Oil Sands Technology Research Authority. Its publicly funded research has uncovered 90% of today's oil sands reserves. With all this in mind, it's worth noting that by the time Lougheed took office, the oil and gas industry had already dominated Alberta for some time. As Canadian Encyclopedia mentions, natural gas was discovered in Medicine Hat in 1904, and oil was discovered in Turner Valley in 1914. Major discoveries remained few and far between for years, but the years that followed World War II saw renewed activity that led to the 1947 discovery of the Leduc oil field. Canadian Encyclopedia mentions that 1967 marked Alberta's first commercial oil sands operation. The exploration of oil sands significantly increased Canada's total oil reserves. Although this established Alberta as the land of milk and honey, at least at the time, Lougheed recognized the need to reduce Alberta's economic dependence on the industry. His government implemented policies to diversify the economy, which included investing in agriculture, petrochemicals, and other sectors. His government supported the development of small and medium-sized businesses, setting up the Alberta Opportunity Company in 1972. Its aim was to fund such businesses that were considered high-risk and innovative, yet were rejected by traditional lenders. This resulted in the funding of over 7,000 companies and individuals by 2001. One of Lougheed's most significant accomplishments was the Alberta Heritage Saving Trust Fund, established in 1976. The Heritage Fund is Alberta's main long-term savings fund, intended to collect a portion of Alberta's non-renewable resource revenue for future generations. The trust fund also served as an economic safeguard for the province as well. A rainy day fund of sorts, Tupper mentions it provided the provincial government a means of funding public services without the need for increased taxes on citizens. As Canadian Encyclopedia mentions, Lougheed advocated medical research. Tupper mentions Lougheed envisioned Alberta as an international site for advanced medical research. In 1980, his government created the Alberta Heritage Foundation for Medical Research, which to date has contributed more than $650 million directly to Canada's scientific community. Tupper explains the foundation was established with $300 million thanks to the Heritage Trust Fund. The foundation established Edmonton and Calgary 
as major medical research centers. Lougheed's vision of economic diversification is one of his most lasting. Even today, it remains a hot topic across Alberta's political stage from leaders on both sides of the political spectrum. While Lougheed made great strides in this area, to be sure, many feel that there is always work to be done in maintaining, and even expanding, such diversification. The date is October 28, 1980. The ratification of the National Energy Program was announced in the House of Commons today by the Trudeau government. Under the NEP, some of the wealth of oil-rich provinces will be redistributed to keep prices low for Canadians across the nation through means like taxes and national price controls. The NEP is undoubtedly a reaction to the oil crises of the previous decade and aims to increase both the federal share of energy revenues and Canadian ownership of the oil industry. It is the government's hope that Canada becomes a self-sufficient oil producer on the world stage. If you know anyone who worked in the oil and gas industry in this province at that time, you might know just how unpopular the National Energy Program was among Albertans. Peter Lougheed was certainly no exception. Canadian Encyclopedia mentions that natural resource sectors usually fell under provincial jurisdiction. With oil and gas increasingly falling under Ottawa's control, Lougheed, among others, feared the provinces would lose a vital source of revenue. In addition, Lougheed believed that provinces were insufficiently consulted about such a major change in Canada's energy policy. This was not the first time Lougheed and Trudeau butted heads over fossil fuel provincial federal ownership. Following the oil crisis of 1973, Trudeau was concerned about Canada being affected by stagflation. If you're not familiar with stagflation, that's when the economy is facing a combination of low employment and economic growth while inflation goes through the roof. This is what many countries throughout the 1970s dealt with. In September 1973, the Trudeau government proposed commodity subsidies, price controls, and comprehensive changes to the national oil policy. These changes included the extension of pipelines beyond the existing Toronto Terminal, expanding into Quebec and the Atlantic provinces. As Centennial Series explains, these changes were suggested to protect Canadian oil prices from being affected by change in the American market south of us. On top of that, the federal government froze Canada's domestic price of oil forcing Alberta to sell to other provinces at rates below the world price. Since this disproportionately affected Alberta, tensions grew between Lougheed and Trudeau. Fortunately, a compromise was made in 1975. The freeze on domestic oil prices was reversed, allowing incremental increases that would move Alberta closer to world prices. But... With another oil crisis in the latter part of the decade, the Trudeau government developed the National Energy Program 
to further protect the Canadian energy industry. Like with the changes to the national oil policy, Alberta and other oil-producing provinces were disproportionately affected. Albertans especially were outraged. According to CBC, Lougheed retaliated through means like cutting provincial oil production, intending to shrink the industry to about 85% of its capacity. In reaction to the NEP, foreign companies began selling off energy assets in Canada, costing many jobs for Albertans. CBC mentions many were unable to pay mortgages and the real estate market crashed. While tensions between Alberta and Ottawa continued to simmer, Trudeau and Lougheed managed to sign a revised energy agreement in September 1981. It included slightly adjusting the energy sharing proportions and removed the detested NEP export tax on Alberta oil. In addition, Canadian Encyclopedia mentions that the 1981 Energy Pricing Agreement, essentially a modified version of the NEP, was negotiated between Ottawa and the oil-producing provinces. This ensured that the federal government would negotiate oil and gas prices and revenue with said provinces, rather than allow the federal government to act unilaterally. However, the lingering effects of the NEP has continued to shape relations between Alberta and Ottawa, for better or worse. The feeling of Western alienation continues to shape provincial politics. Part of this can be attributed to Lougheed's own stance towards the NEP. As for other involvement with federal affairs, Canadian Encyclopedia mentions that Lougheed was key to developing the amending formula and notwithstanding clause during the negotiations that led up to the Constitution Act of 1982. The amending formula allowed dissenting provinces to withdraw from amendments that would otherwise diminish their powers. Tupper explains that the notwithstanding clause allowed the provincial legislature to override a Supreme Court ruling. During the Lougheed years, Fraser mentions that Alberta, like the rest of Canada, was transitioning from a rural-based province where most families lived on a farm to an increasingly urban province. With a new exchange of ideas, information, and opportunities, the arts and culture sector began to grow. With the oil industry booming that replaced the old farming life, Lougheed realized that there was now plenty of money to be invested in arts and culture. For instance, his government established the Alberta Art Foundation. According to Alberta Views, the foundation currently owns the work of more than 1,700 Alberta artists. Even his wife, Jean, contributed to the evolving art scene. Wood notes in his book, The Lougheed Legacy, that although Jian maintained a relatively low public profile, she proved to be influential during her husband's leadership. For one thing, Peter would sometimes ask her opinion regarding a tough political decision. Oh, he always consulted his staff and colleagues, but sometimes her point of view as a loving wife could provide valuable insight. But more importantly, she was behind some pretty big initiatives within Alberta's arts and culture scene. 
she helped establish the Alberta Ballet Company. She helped establish Banff's Performing Arts Centre. She helped establish the William Watson Lodge in Kananaskis, a centre for seniors, individuals with disabilities, and their families. Lougheed also oversaw the establishment of some environmental policies as well. For one thing, his government was involved with the establishment of Fish Creek Park and Kananaskis Country. Alberta Parks mentions that Kananaskis came to be when Calgary architect and environmentalist Bill Milne helped convince Lougheed to create the park after a helicopter flight over the lakes. Alberta Parks mentions that simply seeing the magnificent landscapes across the area was all the convincing Lougheed needed. In 1978, Lougheed officially dedicated Kananaskis Country and Kananaskis Provincial Park. This park is actually now called the Peter Lougheed Provincial Park. The many initiatives of the Lougheed government are too numerous to mention, but a few smaller ones Alberta Views mentions include the establishment of the Alexander Rutherford Scholarships, the introduction of assured income for the severely handicapped, and the purchase of a thousand computers for students. This made Alberta's youth some of the first to use the technology. According to the Drumheller Mail, Lougheed's government oversaw the opening of the Royal Tyrell Museum. This would be one of his last major initiatives as Premier. Where the 1970s was a time of economic boom for Alberta, the 1980s was, unfortunately, a time of economic bust. With the recession beginning in 1982 that saw rising interest rates, Tupper mentions Lougheed established programs to protect Albertans and their businesses. Lougheed was willing to run budget deficits if necessary, believing in maintaining government expenditure rather than cut them, believing it would hurt the economy. Although he stepped down as Premier in 1985, he remained active in the years that followed. Canadian Encyclopedia mentions that he advocated for free trade between Canada and America. In 1987, he helped lead the Canadian Alliance for Trade and Job Opportunities to promote free trade with their southern neighbours. Chopper mentions Lougheed pursued other ventures like serving as Chancellor of Queen's University and lecturing at the University of Alberta. He also returned to his Calgary law practice. As Canadian Encyclopedia mentions, in 2002, he oversaw the organization of Alberta's task force that opposed the Kyoto Protocol, the international treaty that aimed to reduce carbon emissions. Lougheed argued that Kyoto would be impossible to implement and supported a Canadian-made plan to address carbon emissions. In 2004, he gave a notable speech calling upon the provincial government to treat water as Alberta's most important resource, more so than fossil fuels. He discouraged any notion of exporting water to the United States. Peter Lougheed passed away on September 13, 2012, at the age of 84. 
Peter Lougheed continues to be remembered as one of the most important political figures in Alberta's history. His impact on Alberta's political and economic landscape is difficult to overstate. From 1971 to 85, he oversaw the increased economic diversification of Alberta while still maximizing the benefits of the oil and gas industry. Such initiatives, such as the Heritage Fund, work to provide economic security for future generations of Albertans. He also stressed the importance of supporting arts and culture within Alberta. Like any politician, Lougheed's leadership was not always smooth sailing. He faced challenges such as confronting the Trudeau government over the National Energy Program, which forever shaped Alberta's relationship with Ottawa. Even as Alberta's political landscape has changed, with the PCs and Wild Rose parties forming the United Conservative Party and the New Democratic Party increasing its presence, Lougheed's legacy as Premier still resonates. His leadership opened a new chapter and spoke to a new generation of Albertans. Like any great leader, he would make the best of opportunities. It's for these reasons that we continue to remember him. Thanks for tuning in to Historical Figures, Icons, and Others. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, stay tuned for future episodes.